Hello, we're back again and coming at you with episode 88 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. Uh, you can watch us on VIP Boxing, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, we're everywhere. But leave us a review, that would be great because um, it helps. You know me, Steve Lillis, and always my uh, trusty um, wingman, John Evans. How are you, John? I'm good, Steve. I'm good. Now, pe- people watching this, they probably don't realise you know, there's a week's preparation goes into this show, isn't there? We've got to start making plans for the hundredth episode now. We yeah, don't, well, we've we got three months to go. Yeah, I know. Well, we're about a week's preparation. I think a couple. I'm going to be a bit more honest than you. <laughs> I'm not, not going to go back to my tabloid days at Top Spin. I usually ask someone on the Friday or Saturday, and then on the Sun Monday, I ask what your two topics are, and I write a few <laughs> notes about six o'clock. That's what we do. Anyway, you also know our special guest this week, one of the, the voices of British boxing, one of the wonderful commentary voice that he is. It's British boxing's legend, really, these days. He's everywhere. Andy Clark. Hi, fellas. How are you doing? I, I just noticed you've got much better cameras than me. I look like I'm in some kind of sepia photo, but... Uh... Hey, no, I'm all right with that. You still look like look you're going to give a, a signal, Andy, so that your loved ones know you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, thanks for joining us. Very nice of you to um, afford us some time this weekend. I hope you're well and the chocolate industry is going well, that uh, you run along with your wife. Yeah, no, really good, actually. She just got some quite... Um, she just got some... Uh, she's moving to a unit which is on Caxton Street, about 200 yards from the old Peacock. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It? That's literally just down there. You come out yeah, of yeah. Canning yeah. Sound Tube Station, shoot that's the it, right yeah. and Caxton Street's down there. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So when she see, she gave me the address to go meet her there a few months ago, and I thought, God, I know where that is. So we got down there, and I, I was all for the move, just based on the fact that it's near a gym that I used to go to, which is not <laughs> it's not really a sound business decision to, to move on though on, on for that reason alone. But yeah, no, that's all really good. She's on a she's on a Nat West advert at the minute. People might yeah. see it. I think, yeah, you did. I haven't seen it, but did you tweet about it or something on Instagram yeah, the other week? Done, yeah. yeah, I've seen something on it. And even better than you joining us, Andy, um, you're going to be our voice for the VIP Boxing Telefied show on Sporty Stuff TV, Saturday night, live from Doncaster Racecourse. A decent show, a very good rematch between Zahir Hussain and Razik Najib for the vacant English Super Bantamweight title. Reese Mould um, now boxes an eight-rounder on that card. He's against the man who brutally knocked out Frank Arnold two weeks ago, Brian Maldana. Uh, those two fights live on Sporty Stuff TV, Sky 437, Freesat 250, Freeview 264, and SportyStuff.tv from about 9.45, and all the undercard from 7 o'clock. I'll be there, Andy will be leading the way, and we might get John Evans there, depending, you know, he, He'd rather he'd rather go with some fight on in London. We're going to talk about later. I think he wants to go to that, but I don't I don't know why. The total opposite way. I might. Uh, it's total opposite way. I'd rather be watching Reese in the eight rounder, but yeah. I might actually be being forced to go down to London for Ben Eubank. You got forced to go Ben round the other. <laughs> you, you 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 managed to get a ticket for Ben Eubank. You'll get down there tonight and you'll camp outside for four days if you actually John. <laughs> anyway. Is there anything you want to ask Andy at all, John? No, no, it's good. It's good seeing Andy on so many things now because I know when all the changeover with the channels and all that happened, sort of, Andy, I don't think you mind me saying it, sort of, I know you chose to be the odd man out, didn't you? You weren't quite sure where you'd end up, but so many different avenues have have opened up for you, haven't they? 
Yeah, it's worked out really well. So it was pretty much exactly this time last year. I, I, I sidled away from Sky. It was very amicable. It just hadn't really worked out for me, the relaunch there. Kind of pre-COVID, it was an unbelievable gig. You know, I think being the kind of number two there was better than being number one anywhere else yeah. in terms of all the stuff I got to do. I did loads of league commentaries, undercards mainly for the domestic stuff. But but post-COVID, kind of things changed a bit. And when it got to the relaunch, basically, a big factor was the fact that they've taken the world feed from top ranks. So all that international stuff has gone and the domestic cards, um, you know, Adam Smith was basically going to do the lot. So I had a conversation and said, listen, I think I'm, I'm best off doing my own thing. And it's a great time to be a freelancer. Yeah, It's a great time to be a freelancer. I was all over this when you mentioned it, Steve, because I'm up in Yorkshire the night before. Yeah, give that sharp some... plug because it's quite yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, it is. So Susanna Schofield, Unified Promotions, is putting on a predominantly female card at the Magnus Centre. It's on BBC iPlayer. Um She's hoping that it'll turn into a more kind of permanent thing. She's great to to work with. Um, I love Woody. So so when this one was kind of when 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 you suggested this, I thought well, it's just down the road. I mean, this is you know it's great. You know, it fits in perfectly. And I've been doing a lot of stuff for Talksport. This one for BT a few weeks ago. It's just you know I just love commentating on boxing and 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 it's just all you know I do it all day every day if I could. You know um, what. I and it's great you get you get in the work because you never know when it's going to end as a freelancer, Andy. No. People hear your <laughs> voice on TV right. and they think yeah. you're out earning millions and they don't know the phone could stop ringing in two months and you're sitting at home. That, that's absolutely right. That, you can never lose sight of that, you know. It's, it's, yeah. And that's why you've got to have, you know, you take what you do seriously and you do the best job you can, but you, you don't take yourself too seriously. Be a good lad, you know, don't behave like a prick and get all above yourself and all the rest of it. But it's a massive mistake, isn't it? You see people go down that route sometimes and you just think, listen, just relax. Yeah. Just do a good job. Enjoy it. Don't take anything for granted. You know, yeah. we all chose to do this. No one, you know, the world is not a better place for me deciding to be a boxing commentator. <laughs> this was my decision. So you've got to take the rough with the smooth and, and just, you know, keep on smiling. Because like you say, you know, you never know. You never know what it's not boring, that's for certain. Yeah. And you're looking forward to Doncaster, I dare say, Saturday night commentating. Yeah, I am. I genuinely absolutely am. That that top of the bill fight is a really good fight, like you said. Um Zahid uh, Zahid Hussein and, and um, Razak Najib. That's that that's a that's a quality fight. Bit of a shame for Reese that, that Hamed Gaz has, has fallen yeah. out for that for that English title fight because I saw his fight against um, Lee Wood and I know they took that hard didn't they they fancied that they yeah, they fancied their chances big time that night and it just didn't work out but you know obviously that was featherweight and now he's up at he's up at, at lightweight and I saw a brilliant area title fight at lightweight Conor Marsden Martin McDonough and that was an English title yeah, eliminator too so he might be in with one of them two before before too long but Doncaster Racecourse as well that's a that's a proper sporting venue so you know I'm, I'm interested by that I'm very interested by the whole thing well, and also, you, you, we're going to start the pod now. John's got his clock and his bell. Already? And I think what something you just mentioned, your love for area titles is your first topic, Andy. Fire away. Okay. So area title fights, for me, are just the gift that keep on giving. They're just great, great fights. I had two on Friday night. I've commentated on, on numerous area title fights down the years. We had one at Bantamweight. We had one at Lightweight. They both went the 10 rounds. They both delivered. The first one ebbed and flowed, to and fro. The second one, we had Martin McDonough down and, and needing a stoppage, and he got it in the final round. And what's so good about them is that they're incredibly competitive, and the hunger and the desire to win for both fighters is absolutely massive. 
sometimes it's, it's the highest the, the, the winner will go. Other times it's the first step on the road. You might see a young Ricky Hatton winning a central area title in Oldham all those years ago. Yeah. Darren Barker won a, a southern area. There's plenty more who have, who have won area titles. And they deserve a bit more exposure than they get. And I understand why on the, the big TV card, so we're talking DAZN, Sky BT, you've got to build up your own guys. You spend money on a fighter, an Olympian. You've got to get them out there. You want people to see them. I completely understand that. But I just think there is more room for these kinds of genuine 50-50 fights. That's what everybody was talking about during lockdown. No easy fights, 50-50 fights. Well, let's get a few more of them on that kind of platform because – the reality is we're all boxing guys and the people listening to this, you know, they're all hardcore boxing too. We know who people are beyond the really big names, but the more casual audience, they don't, you know, let's be, let's be realistic about it. So if they're doing a bit of channel surfing or they've stayed on after the football or whatever it is, if they see a real good fight, but they don't know who the two fighters are, that doesn't matter. The fact that it's a good fight is what will keep them watching it because let's be honest, like I say, they don't really know who that many people are anyway. No. So the competitive nature of it is what is what just just lifts it up for me, and, yeah. and I just love I love that ladder area national British. It means that lads can have really competitive fights from a young young age, uh, early in their career, um, championship fights. It's just you know it's, it's it's a great thing area title fights. Yeah, I watched a show the other night, and they say the McDonough fight was so dramatic. The tenth round, you're looking at the clock, just see how long. How, how long there was left. You know, that Lee Eaton show the other night was most probably one of the best in recent times, if not the best. It reminded me of Harry Holland's, Holland's shows in London in the 1980s that I used to go to as a kid, not as a kid, as a 20-year-old. As a yeah, I so loved it. Something, something else it does, Andy, it draws something extra out of people. There was a fighter up here called Adam Ishmael, and Adam, yeah. I'm sure if he's watching, he'd tell you he wasn't in the most exciting fights, Adam. And then back-to-back back, within three months, he had two of the best fights I've ever seen live for the area title. It just drew, That was his world championship, and it just drew something out of him. It, anyone with access to YouTube, uh, Adam Ishmael, Adam Colhoun, and Adam Ishmael, um, Sean, something else. It'll come to me in a little bit. Two of the best fights you'll ever see, and we just drew something else out from this run-of-a-mill fighter. Yeah, they are terrific. I mean, I remember we had a real good one on the Birmingham card. We had Adam Harper against Ryan Kelly, a proper local derby, you know, yeah. a bit of pushing and struggling yeah. at the way in. You know, Adam's a real lively character. And we got it on Facebook, um, which is not not to be to be sniffed at. But I know that, you know, on that night, like Ed Robinson, you know, like wanted it on TV, but but you know, there was pushback because there's prospects you need to get on. And and like I said, I, I understand all of that, but at the same time. Let's, let's get a few more of these on. English yeah. title fights make it on quite regularly. But area title fights, they are just, they're so consistent. Yeah, well, round two now, I'll go, oh, money for nothing. I just want to get, yeah, I've been meaning to bring this up for a couple of weeks, but other topics have been more important at the time on the pod. Floyd Mayweather in his exhibition, he's now fighting Daisy, who's a relative of some, I don't know if Daisy's a YouTuber or, or what he is or what his celebrity status is, but he's, he's got this flight with Floyd Mayweather and these exhibitions are just money for nothing with Floyd. We saw him chin some Japanese MMA star, Ashakura, the other week, who had the audacity to clip him with a right-hander. And now he's Deji. And it's almost, you know, I just can't believe when I see it. I read a quote from a guy called Perales, Daily Perales, who's Deji's trainer. Now, I've no idea what Daily's background is in boxing or whether he's a YouTube, but he's starting talking about holes in Floyd's game he's seen. I mean, these are exhibitions. It reminds me of 
a few weeks ago, I, I interviewed Anthony Agogo. And I don't know if you guys have spoken to Anthony lately. And But when you interview him, he's in wrestling character all the time. You don't get Anthony anymore. You get the wrestling character he is. And it's just reminded me of this old WWE, AEW. I just wanted to see what you guys thought. Andy? Yeah, I just... I, what I can't get my head around it, with it most of the time is, do they actually believe this stuff? I mean, what, what's happening here? Are they completely <laughs> deranged or is it just marketing? Or it's like Jake Paul's another one, isn't he? He's like, I'll fight Canelo in three years. And you just think, no, no, you, you won't. And <laughs> I just can't... I don't know. It, I, I don't take any of it seriously, yeah. so I don't allow it to kind of irritate me in any way. But that's what I always wonder about these kinds of characters. Are they that far gone that that's what they actually think? Or are they clever? Or is it a mixture of the two? I can never quite figure it out. I think some are clever and some are just deluded. What do you think, John? I, I, I like how Floyd's going about it, though. Normally, oh, me too. he's putting these guys out, isn't he? Do you remember the, the Japanese guy he did in a round? New Year's Eve a couple of years ago, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, I like that. The sad thing is, if Floyd carries on until he's 55, 56, just taking money, is someone going to get lucky and make the name forever? Chinning a 55-year-old Floyd Mayweather who's still plodding about in Dubai. But yeah, fair play to Floyd. It's easy, isn't it? If these guys want to show themselves up. I mean, it's just, it's it's incredible, isn't it? That he's, it, even he must just be shaking his head when these offers come <laughs> in because he, he's fighting Deji, isn't he? KSI's brother. In, is that in, who he in, is? I didn't know. I knew he was. In, in uh, November. And like, it's just, oh my days. Uh, money, money for nothing is right. Yeah. Round three, John, over to you. Twitter. Yeah, do you think Twitter's been good or bad for boxing? And but the big argument we hear for it is that it gives fighters a platform to create the name, um, get more well-known and attract more attention. But it, it lets them do that without actually proving anything in the ring. In the old days, people had to fight for a place in the newspapers, didn't they? If you made it into a paper, if, whether it was your local paper fighting for a British title, you know, someone in London, or whether it was a national paper, you'd really cracked it and you'd earned your spot. These days, I think a lot of fighters seem to have worked out that they can make the name, not by fighting anybody, but by using my thumb on a Tuesday night at home and just creating a personality that way. I also think it it's created egos. You know, negotiations are played out in public. No one wants to take a back step. No one wants to admit that something's not might be in the fighter's best interest to go on another channel. And it, yeah, it's great for news. And at first it gave you a little insight and let you get closer to the people. But I just think it's having a negative effect now. Everything's for show. And it's just, I think it's partly helping grind the sport to a bit of a halt. Yeah, I think I think the negotiation side of it is absolutely painful. And, oh. and the I think the mistake that people make and... Um, I think it's mainly the young people, as, uh, as as Stuart Lee would call them, is that they because they get a lot of detail from from social media. They feel like they actually know what's happening. When in reality, we're still just being told whatever it is that Eddie or Bob Arum or whoever else is involved. We're just being told what they want us to hear. Yeah. We only know what they want us to know. Um, so in that regard, it's it's just it's no different really. But you just get this interminable back and forth. Yeah, I've got no issue with fighters using it to hype themselves, sell themselves. It's hard enough and get them to publicity. What what I found quite I found quite bizarre is journalists, fellow journalists, and people think they're becoming famous on Twitter. 
they talk, you know, as if they're Twitter famous. This, this saying also, I, I hear this from my kids. I'm not on TikTok, but TikTok famous is a saying. You know, they think they're famous because they're on Twitter. And you know what? We're just out there doing, as you was alluding to, I think, Andy, at the top of the pod, we're just there trying to do a job. That's what we're doing. Uh, and these guys, there's journalists who think they're celebrities because they're, they're getting 25 replies. That's what loses me with, with the whole Twitter social media thing. I mean, it's a great tool. I use it. Uh, but oh, there you go. Um, round four. This would be good. Less is more attention seeking MCs. Go on, Andy. You fire away. So less is more. And I don't want any of the MCs I work with to, to take any of this personally or feel like I'm singling any of them out because I'm not actually. This isn't criticism it's just some well-meaning advice that I picked off from none other than Mickey B back in the day Michael Buffer a few years ago talking to me and Macklin said that even now he still works on eliminating redundancy from his announcements was how he described it anything that doesn't need to be in there go through it do I really need that if you don't need it take it out because less is more you don't get paid by the word longer is not necessarily better it is a performative job. I completely understand that. You have to give it a bit of a bit of razzle-dazzle and, and showmanship and all that kind of thing. I get that. And, 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 it, and it is your moment and people are looking at you whilst you do that. And, and that's absolutely fine. It's not something, you know, I could do myself and I'm completely aware of that. And people may have all sorts of things to say about the way, <laughs> the way I commentate. But with MC, just trust me on this. Less is more. You don't need to name every single title that a fighter has ever won. You don't need to kind of string things out. You just need to give the salient information, deliver it with a bit of a bang, a bit of a punch. If you've got a, if you've got a tagline that you like, then don't be afraid to use it. Make sure you commit to it. You don't have to take away any of the, any of the, of the showbiz, if you like, element to it. You don't have to take away any of the, of the gusto you give it. But just think about it. Just go through that. Just go through your scripts. And, and, and if there's any words in there that you just don't really need them, just take them out. Just take them out because it will be better. Go on, John. I've had my say on this before. I've got a few people laid into me last time, but there you go. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, they, they tend to, they seem to want to build it up into a big event. Even a, a six round undercard fight gets the big, the big build up, doesn't it? but we seem to spend more time working on the catchphrases and how to make it into yeah. a, a big showbiz event than we do actually learning to read out the scorecards. The number of new MCs I see who cannot announce a split decision. They spend all, they spend five minutes building up a fight and then they ruin all the drama at the most important time by not knowing how to, how to announce a majority decision or a, a split. But yeah, I'm with you, Andy. Sometimes it's painful, isn't it? You know, um, Guys, amateur records being read out for three minutes before they, have, they make the second four-rounder. It's it, it just completely takes away. Do you know what it does? It takes away from the big fights. The big fights, yeah, yeah if good. you want to give it the big build-up, do that. But for an undercard, it should be pared down and, like you say, as simple and to the point as possible. I also think we're in the, as this era of this generation I've just come to about superstars, I think we've got the situation where we've got MCs also wanting to be stars as well. Yeah. Of course, they're an important job. Like I've mentioned David Diamante. I think he's a wonderful MC. Um, but he has to be on camera every single shot. And then I was listening to Sky the other week, and I had a guy, nothing wrong with him. But when the commentators are throwing to him, 
they're calling him Big Tom or whatever he was called. <laughs> I don't know, he's about six foot six. It's just not what I want, but there you go. Anyway, <laughs> round five, my final topic with a night. And uh, um, British boxing's best kept secrets, or the best kept secrets in boxing, you guys might have a, an overseas fight. And I just want to mention Callum Thompson, super middleweight, who um, won an area title that you're so fond of the weekend. He becomes central area champion on Saturday night. Uh, 10 and 0, most of them by knockout, half of them in the first round. He, you know, he, okay, he's not fighting King Kong, but he's fighting men that usually go rounds and he's hurting them, getting them out the way. He's big, he's really exciting, he looks good. And I can't believe he's not got a TV deal. I think it goes to this, you know, you mentioned earlier, Andy, that you know, they want these big names, all TV seem interested in, the guys who were amateur stars. This guy is such an exciting fight. Look, we don't know what's going to happen when he was pushed back, you know, if he was pushed back. But this guy was on Sky or BT 10 and 0. We'll be talking about another Nigel Ben maybe in the making. Just, I don't know if you, who you guys have got as the best kept secrets in boxing. It might even be Callum. He's good. Well, a fighter I, I did a couple of times, probably... God, it would have been pre-pandemic now. Is Where's Dante Dixon gone? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. always thought he was a real good fighter, and I'm sure he still is. Um, but I, I don't know what's happened to him, really. I, I, think, seems, I, think, yeah. I think he has boxed. But um, I know what you mean. It's like you see some strange things happen sometimes. And I remember um, when Louis Lynn turned pro, he kind of had a, a deal with Matt Trumel. I think it might have been quite loose. Because That's right, yeah. With no, Kevin, sooner, yeah, yeah. no sooner had he had a couple of fights and he disappeared. I remember thinking at the time, what's happened there? Because he was just so obviously a good fighter. And now, now Frank's got him and he's had a bit of an injury or whatever. I saw him the other week. That's why he popped into my head. But but again, you just see someone and you just think, what, what's, what's, what's happened? Um, but yeah, anyway, what about you, John? Well, um, you'll have seen him, Andy. On the Joe Joyce, um, Joe Parker bill, really good bill actually. Um, James Hennigan for yeah. Southpaw, he looked yeah, yeah. apart, didn't he? he? Was Southpaw awkward, but he could punch and he was aggressive. I yeah, really he, liked a, it. He, he sold some tickets too, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he was. A, he, he really caught my eye as one to watch. Um, I also like. I mean, he fought on the same bill. Uh, I like Joe Gallagher's fighter, um, Callum Thompson. Callum Thompson, yeah, nice and compact, isn't he? Um, goes to the body well, and you can watch him listening to the instructions and working on stuff as he goes. I like that. And I, I think Scottney, I think Scottney's the big, yeah. greatest untapped female talent in the country. Why that's not working. Why yeah. not getting behind her makes no sense to me. No, it doesn't yeah, either. It absolutely doesn't players. because she's got a personality, hasn't she? And you look at all the fights that could be around, made around that. I mean, she, it's bantamweight. She's super bantamweight, isn't she? Rather than, but you, you know, you look at, she beat like Ebony Bridges every day of the week. Yeah. I, I mean, that's probably not fair because I don't think she can do Bantam Ellie, but, you know, it's round about the same kind of weight. And of all of them, and there's quite a few, um, I mean, she's probably the best, you'd think. Oh, yeah. Final round, John. It's the fight that you're hoping to go to this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can't, I, I love an, an event like this, you know, in boxing. We, we, not very often it happens, is it? Um, if everything plays out, I don't see... How Eubank can lose this fight. Uh, he's, he's bigger. George Groves couldn't put a dent in him, so I'm not sure how yeah. Ben's going to. Ben's not been in with a puncture since the guy dropped him twice at York Hall. I don't. I think they've kept him away from punchers. And Eubank's a nasty finisher with fast hands when he gets a chance. Um, 
And as we've said before, I'm not sure the weight's going to affect him too much, to be perfectly honest. I, I don't think he would have taken it and risked losing to Conor Ben if he thought it was going to sap too much from him. It's too, it's too big a fight and too important a fight for Eubank for him to risk that. Um, but I want to know for possible outcomes, and I want you to list them in most likely to least likely. So I'm putting Eubank knockout as the most likely. Then I'm going Eubank decision. I'm putting draw as third for obvious reasons. Ben to possibly outwork a weight drain Eubank is the fourth. And right at the bottom, I made to, could be made to look stupid here, but Ben by knockout is a distant dream as far as I'm concerned. And that's my list of the possibilities. So what are yours? I wouldn't disagree with you. I mean, you know, I would have put the draw last. I don't think it would be a draw, but, you know, um, you know, I'm the same as you, John. And if Eubank doesn't win this fight, it, for me, it will be, how did I get this so wrong? I will question myself on boxing. How did I get this one so wrong? I look at things like when he's been brilliantly matched, Conor Ben. Absolutely fantastic. His improvement from the first fight. He deserves all the props in the world. But if he couldn't get some, you know, you know, a, not a shop one, but a faded Adrian Granados out the way, and he was, you know, having to work hard to, you know, he was he won comfortably, but was flat to the balls over those ten rounds in the second half to, to win the fight. How can he have any success at all against Eubank? And as I say, if I get it wrong, I'll, I should be questioning myself. Yeah, I, I, I same. I, I just don't see. I think it'll take a bit off him making one five seven, but I don't think it will take that much. I just don't think he'd have agreed to it if it was going no. to take that much off him. There's no way he's, he's going to be sixty percent. He never agreed to get in there at sixty no, percent. Cool. I think this fight has been mooted, and he's a shrewd guy, isn't he? I, I, I like them both, and yeah, and, you know, Chris is Chris is he's clever, he's very media savvy. I think this is put to him, and he's thinking to himself, this is it doesn't get much better than this in terms of you know daylight robberies um i just need to make out that this is a competitive fight or that i truly believe it's one um do all my business eating junk and you know pouring salt down my forearm and saying that it's going to be impossible for me to make 157 pounds and and what will be interesting this week isn't it is is how many people are going to lose how many people's heads are going to fall off during the week that we know uh, and say that they think ben can win by the weekend i bet there'll be a few it will because of the way Eddie's oh. going to sell it this week. Definitely. Eddie's the master how he sells it. He'll be giving little private briefings and convincing people. Eddie's a great salesman. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, I, I, I just think of all the fights in Eubank's career, and he might carry on for a couple more years, and I even think he'd try and fuck about a bit with Golovkin. You know, the personality would come out and he'd be playing. This is the one fight he can't. He, 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 cannot, he cannot take um, a Ben Lightly especially a smaller fighter who's not as good and get beat by him. That can't, oh. it can't happen. And Imagine. he's a good fighter when he puts his mind to it, Eubank. And I, I like I said, I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to be no. thinking about this. I think it could turn out to be a bit of a one-sided battering, to be honest. Yeah. You know what? And then also, you were talking about Twitter earlier, one, Ron, John, earlier on, John. What a troll he's become on Twitter. He is great <laughs> for Twitter and social media. The state clip last night, and I'm sure he only had one, one little mouthful of cake the other week, one bit of steak last night, um, you know, one slice of steak. But what a troll he's become. And his yeah. people believe it, he's sitting there scoffing every bit of this, I'm telling you. People yeah. in our industry as well. There'll be someone yeah. to write a preview this week, I'm convinced of it, you know, how he's not taking him seriously because he was having steak and salt and 
I don't know, birthday cake in the, the closing weeks. People will take it seriously. Yeah, they will. He's, they will. He's, he's been brilliant. He's been absolutely sensational. And, and when, when you watch when you watch him and Ben together, he's got him, hasn't he? Yeah. He's, he's, oh, got, he's, he's, he's been really good in the build-up, Eubank. He's got this natural ability to just... He's just naturally incredibly condescending and patronising. <laughs> like, I don't know if either of you two have got an older brother, but I have. And it's just a knack that... Uh, and he is the older brother. It's... it's, it's um, well, I'm not sure about that, actually. But anyway, it's a knack that older brothers have. It's just to be able to patronise the life out of their younger sibling without even trying. And it drives you wild. It did you used to me anyway. And and he just, he can do that. And, and he does, he's been doing it to Conor Ben every day. Well, so what, what, what do you think is, because I, we all seem to be pretty sure what's going to happen, but what, how can Ben have success? How, how do you think he can? I only think he can have success early, fight doing what yeah. he does every fight, trying to jump on him from the first bell. That's the only success I can see him having in the fight. And if he if he does that, and he and and the first time he if he manages to land clean on Eubank, the first time he does it, he's got to he's got to he's got to hurt him almost really, hasn't he? Or he's got to at least cause him to kind of take a step back and think, oh, hang on a second, maybe this isn't quite what I thought. Because if he lands clean on him and Eubank just eats it up, then he's in trouble. Yeah, serious trouble. But what's interesting, I, we've, we've all got this so one-sided, but we're so excited for it. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like you, John, you're, <laughs> exactly, you know, you're, yeah. you're waiting on your ticket and you're almost, oh, I really need this ticket. Oh, Even though you've great, got... Yeah. You know, there's no, there's, when there's these big fights, it was like watching Joe Joyce Parker the other week. When boxing's like this, it's, there's nothing more compelling. And I love cricket and football so much. But there's nothing more compelling than boxing at times. Joyce Parker, hadn't it? Didn't just in the in the last like hour before those two got in the ring, mm. that felt like a big fight. Yeah, there was yeah. a bigger crowd there than most people expected. The atmosphere picked yeah. up, but everyone knew it was going to be a. They didn't know what was going to happen, but they knew it was going to be a fight. This thing, I think a lot of people know what's going to happen, but it's going to be a fight purely because of both the characters and style. Ben's not. He's going to go out swinging. Whatever happens, isn't he? Ben's not going to. Ben's not going to. Um, no, nah, he's not going to die wondering, is he? He's, Ben's going to lay his hands He's off. not going to yeah. get to the end of the night and wonder what might have happened oh. if he'd gone for it. But in the 20 minutes, but we were talking about this before we came on, weren't we? And it was the same for Brooke Khan. You know, in the end, that was a one sided beatdown, really. Yeah. But the 20 minutes before the ring walks and all the rest of it, where, you know, they're whipping up the crowd and then you've just got a little bit of shithousery with the gloves, which delayed it, which is yeah. great. You know, I love all of that kind of stuff. Um, maybe something like that will happen. I remember the first time the dads fought, they they yeah. sabotaged Eubank's music. Music and all that on the Sunday and Burm, that's right. Yeah. Um, I expect so, you know, that, 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 there is absolutely nothing like that. And when I was covering football, my favourite bit was always the five minutes before the teams came out where the ground's full and everybody's just bang up for it. But you multiply by that by kind of like 10 for boxing, really, when, when, when you're waiting for the ring walks. And that... Yeah, uh, all of that theatre is, is going to absolutely deliver. Yeah. Absolutely. There's no question about that. And what, what's interesting with this, they haven't really gone just well, so far anyway. It's always like how I beat you in the patronising way. You can tell between them, there isn't the hatred the dads no. had for each other. 
And Eddie hasn't tried that to turn that into like a fake beef. You know, see, they're selling it well enough without that. There isn't that. I saw a picture yesterday someone put on Twitter or Instagram yesterday with Nigel Ben with both of them a few years ago. And, you know, it was, it, it was really, it was a nice picture. And they haven't got away. They're the sort of guys maybe in five, ten years' time, they'll be going out together, you know, talking about all the money they made from this fight. And good luck to them. I hope they made a lot because they're doing their bit selling it. I think we, I think we asked Ryan Walsh, but um, while you're on Andy, do you think Ben has got nothing to lose here? Because the the person what the, the market that this is jumping out to, it's the it's the people who are familiar with the dads, isn't it? They know the Ben and Eubank name. They don't care about the weight. Yeah. They're not interested that one's a welterweight and one's a middleweight. Then they don't even know that. All they'll see is Ben getting beat by Eubank. So to the wider public. Ben's been flattened by Eubank. But to people in the sport, they're, they're trying to weight drain a top 15 guy. This isn't Brooke fighting Golovkin, taking a brave step up. This is weight draining a guy that's flattered to deceive at the highest level. If he gets wiped out by a top 15 middleweight who was forced to weigh in at 157, that's a, it's a pretty tough rebuild, I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it has surprised me how people have chatted about this in terms of, oh, it's a shot to nothing, he's got nothing to lose because that's just, that's never true, is it? And, no. and with something like this, you know, he could get mercilessly chinned by Eubank and never be the same again. It's not, we hope it doesn't happen and it's not massively likely, but it definitely does happen. We've seen it happen plenty of times and and that's always a possibility because Eubank's just bigger than him. It's as, you know, it's as simple as that. I, I don't see a sustained beating because... Tony Sims just wouldn't allow it. You know, I think he'll be quick to get in there and stop it if he if he needs to. But I mean, another thing as well is that I saw Connor in the in the Intercontinental about three weeks ago, and he looked awesome. He was about a stone off weight. He's going to look amazing this week, yeah, and and, and really healthy all week because he doesn't have to cut any weight. But sometimes when people put weight on, they find it hard to get it back off again if if they've if they've done it right, which Why Jones? he will have done. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. That's an extreme example. But, cruiser, yeah. but but he but he absolutely did, didn't he? Um he might struggle to make welter again. Maybe he'll be a super welter from now on and maybe he's not really big enough for that. These are the kinds of things that 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 could happen. So there's no I mean there's 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 no such thing as a free hit in 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 boxing anyway. I mean it's just they they, they don't exist do they yeah look, the nearest thing that for that this isn't because it you know, he's been so well matched to get to this stage as well. If it ought to go up in smoke as well, he's been brilliantly matched. The nearest thing you get to a free hit in boxing is someone getting a world title fight who's lost three out their last four, who steps in at the last minute. That's what, you know, this is a career that's been built. And if he continued at welterweight, who knows? Get matched right. He could have won some version of a welterweight title in 12, 18 months if he had the right opponent in the other corner. And then when you get the right opponent in the other corner, you can control that title generally for a bit. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, I, hopefully it's not a one-sided thing like we're thinking. Hopefully it does become a spectacle. But um, yeah, big on you, Bank, but I can't wait for the event. Well, fellas, um, great chat on that. Great chat on everything else. Andy, I look forward to seeing you Saturday night in Doncaster for uh, Sporty Stuff TV's boxing debut. John, the big star of us all, might turn up. He might not. He could be with you for a few fights, Andy. We don't know. But if, he's, if, he, if he doesn't show up early doors, you're stuck with me as well because I'll be doing a bit there. And then you'll get Josh Ryan to the main event. But the big thing Saturday isn't Ben Eubank. 
it's will John Evans turn up at Doncaster race we give, uh, at six o'clock. We, we should say as well, uh, the Fury clan are going to be in attendance, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, Roman, well done, game. yeah. Roman Fury's fight will be the first fight on Sporty Stuff TV about quarter to 10, 10 o'clock. He's the, I was told 10 o'clock and I saw Woody treat today. Tweet today, it's 9.45 on Sporty Stuff. But Roman's the first fight on, on Sporty Stuff. Really interesting lad, Roman. Uh, big rugby league background. Um, was, on, was on Salford City Reds books. Um, got fed up with that, but it was 17, 18. Weight bloomed to about 19 stone and started boxing training. I think he's the eighth or ninth member of the Fury family to box professionally. Good story. All right, then, fellas. Well, thanks very much. I'll see you Saturday, Andy. Well, I might see you, John. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. It's brilliant having Andy on. Top guest, brings great insight, really knows his boxing, as you can tell. Thank you very much, Andy. Don't race, chaps, anytime. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Info, news, and latest interviews. Amateur and pro across and off. Click and subscribe. VIP boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.